Hello, 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 and welcome to the Lynn Woods Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. And today, I want to welcome to the show one of my good friends, who is a music entertainment executive, producer, he's done artist management, and he's an entrepreneur, he's got multiple business things going on, and he is the founder of the Game Changing Entity, or site, he's going to tell us about it, it's called Ready for gigs.com so brother gary dear welcome welcome Hello, to the show thank you thank you <laughs> oh we're just so happy to have you here off mic we talked about we don't talk a whole lot uh, but when we talk we do talk <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i appreciate the opportunity to be oh Oh, you know, we we had to do this because we've known each other like it's 25 years or more, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. You and your wife, Talisa, my girl, Talisa, mm-hmm. we we met in L.A. when y'all were doing y'all uh, music industry thing and you were managing. Right. You're managing uh, multiple artists. So you had a what was it, you, a management company, right? Right. Yeah, I had a management company. And, yeah, back then I had quite a few artists. Oh, who were some of the folks that you handled then before we get into your other stuff? Wow. Let me see. Back then I had Chris Bird and True Victory. Um, I was doing, um, oh my. Look, you can, oh look, my. look, look, you slipping, Gary. You take you so long <laughs> to reach back and remember who were some of the folks that you worked with at the time. But um, while you're trying to remember, now, how did you get into the music industry anyway? Because I know you're you're from Dayton, Ohio. So mm-hmm. how does this Dayton, Ohio boy get from Dayton to L.A. and now your home base is Atlanta? But right. tell me about this journey. Wow, uh, Lynn, when I was a when I was just a child, my mom had a, we had a young quartet group growing up, and it was called Evangelist Maria Scott and the Scott Singers. And I was only about probably about nine years old, singing background, playing keyboards, playing drums uh, with a local group, which, which was our family group. And I've always wanted something bigger. And plus, I wanted to get out of Ohio because it was so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. So, you know, I was inspired through my mom. She took me everywhere and we used to sing. I used to speak when I was younger and I just kind of grew up and started doing a whole lot of other things. Willie Neal Johnson came through town once and... When the quartet legends. Right, the quartet legends. And they had split up. Part of the group was in Cincinnati and another part of the group was in Dayton, Ohio because they double booked themselves. So they split the group up, and Paul Beasley was with the group in Cincinnati, and Willie Neal came with part of the group in Dayton. And they needed a musician. They needed someone to play organ. So since I used to play keyboards back then, everybody was saying, go on up there. Hey, go on up there. So I went up there and and played with them, and uh, after the show, Willie came up and said, you're really good. He was like, you want to go on the road with me? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And how old were you then? Then I was probably about 19. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I would love to. He was like, well, meet us at the La Quinta at five in the morning. We leave in there at five in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) 
And hey, I was sitting there waiting about 4.30. I was there waiting and I kind of took off with them. You know, it lasts for a minute. And I think that was the start of me actually leaving Ohio. After being out there, I realized that, hey, I can't like make it with just music alone. So really being out with Willie made me say, hey, I need to go back and finish my education. So I actually went back to Columbus, Ohio and finished up my education with computer science and business. Where did you go to school there in, in Columbus? I actually started at a school called Southwest College of Business, which was in Fairborn, Ohio. Then I went to Wright State, and then I ended up finishing up at Ohio State in Columbus. Okay. And uh, after that, I, I just took off. I, I ended up in California, and then that's where everything, you know, began. I just kind of started playing with different groups, getting with the right people. My, I actually started running a company and doing stuff with the electronics company called Phillips, and they end up buying a company called Polygram. And from being a part of that electronic company, I was actually going over to Polygram to help set up some things and meeting some people there. And oh, that's, that you're, talking about, you're, talk, you're talking about uh, Polygram Records? Yeah, Polygram Records, right? Okay. They were in Burbank at the time. And so that kind of like just launched a whole lot of different things for me. After that, me and Talisa met. Now you and, and your wife Talisa met because she, she was, yeah, because she was out there at the same time. I'm going to find out how she got out there. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, and she she's was a, at Command Records at the time. Okay. Right. She was at Command Records at the time. We ended up meeting because I was actually playing for Dave Shirley. I don't know if you remember Dave Shirley in California. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, jo Joyce uh, Logan actually managed him now. Okay. And, and I was actually playing and singing background for him whenever I was in town. I would, you know, play with them and uh, we did a few concerts at a big school with uh, the Jackson Southern Airs that comes to town every year. And uh, that's where me and Talisa met at a Jackson Southern Air concert. Quartet and gospel will hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, and then she was she was working with Command and and then, you know, I was talking to her. We started talking about, hey, maybe you need to do some stuff independent. You know, I had a lot of business skills and, you know, I started kind of like you know, setting her up with a lot of her business stuff and things she needed to get started and really started supporting her. And and eventually she ended up leaving Command Records and started doing things on her own. Because I remember she, she did a lot of, she did some, some management things too and working with some artists and then actually running some other divisions of, of, of record labels. And, mm -hmm. and, and uh, some of that was just, it was in treacherous territory because people don't know, this ain't no joke, this music business. <laughs> oh my God. I remember some of the trials and tribulations of Talisa and dealing with these artists. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right yeah she other than you know like people like vicky mack you know talisa was like one of the first black presidents of a record label and yeah. so uh, yeah and she's so, a, a lot of history she's definitely a, a force to be reckoned with and i applaud you for knowing all that you know and with your business acumen pushing her forward as, as well and and helping her to set up things that she needed to do to you know to move ahead in this business because you don't always find that kind of support and women don't always find that kind of support uh within a mate some of them will tell you okay because you know it's happened to me too it's like okay i'm gonna you help me get to where i need to get to then i come back and help you 
right. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Why can't we move forward together at, and right. in a partnership as opposed to you telling me to sit and wait and time is moving on? Right. And that's how it was with us. We was like a partnership in a lot of relationships. Normally, when you're in the same business, even though you're in a relationship, uh, partners can be jealous of each other. Mm -hmm. And we had no jealousy with each other. We actually worked together. And my strength was to be able to say no. (laughs) And (laughs) you definitely need that, Brother Gary. Right. And her weakness was she didn't know how to say no. It was always, you know, okay. So I was like, okay, well, in this business relationship that we have, I I don't mind being the bad guy. And I don't mind, you know, you could be the good guy to always say yes. I was the person that always said no. And that's how I was even with my artists. I used to tell my artists like Calvin Bernard Rome, you know, some of these names are coming back to me as, you know, as we talk. Okay. Uh, I'm, I managed Calvin Bernard Rome for like, I mean, for years through the Living Me Jesus project on up. And I used to tell Calvin because Calvin was always telling me, how, look, I'm the artist. He was like one of the best artists I had. You know, whatever you say, you know, uh, that's what we do. And I always used to tell Calvin, never tell promoters or people in business no or agree or say you can't do it. Leave that to me as management, you know, because I'm always the person that's going to say no, that's not going to happen because I wanted the artist to always look good in the public I didn't want anyone to hate them, you know, right. It was okay for them to hate me because we're going to get over it. So you work past that. Right. We're going to work past it and they're going to have to deal with me with something else. But at the same time, I wanted them to always love the artist. And and that's how it was with me and Talisa. I wanted people to always love her, even though they can be upset with me for a minute because I said no. Now, she was with, uh, which label was that? Was it she, was she with, I know she was, with, she did Command, and then she mm-hmm. would, she did some stuff with uh, Malachi. CGI. CGI. Yeah, she went to CGI Records. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from CGI, uh, it was Muscle Shows. Muscle yeah, Shows, which Jackson, was a division or part of um, no, Malico, Malico. the Malico Music Group. I'm trying to think some of the folks that she worked with. I know she did... Uh, she worked with Men of Standard and well, some of everybody come to think of. It oh, I mean, anyone you can think of. I, I, I mean. Oh, last one I remember y'all was dealing with was Jonathan McReynolds before he really broke out. Because right. she was here in St. Louis and it was at one of those conferences. And she was like, Lynn, here's someone and I really need to We ended up really managing Jonathan McReynolds together. Okay. And. How that worked was there was a young man named Walter, uh, which was Jonathan's personal manager at the time. And he introduced Jonathan to Talisa. And Talisa came back home and was like, hey, this, this, this kid's amazing. You got to listen to it. And I think after a week, I ended up listening to his material. And I woke up the next morning. I was like, hey, we need to sign him right now. I started putting a contract together right then. Mm-hmm. I was like, He's he's going to be big. I was like, we need to sign him right now. So we end up signing him under management. Did a, a great job between myself, Talisa, and Walter. Uh, Walter's 
went into the role of a road manager, handling everything on the road. Talisa handled everything, uh, grassroots and promotions, and I pretty much handled all the contracts, paperwork, and business. And it, w- it was a great team. And I mean, of course, there was some crazy stuff that, that happens in between record labels. Bishop Morton gave you know, I ended up working out a wonderful deal through Bishop Morton where, you know, Jonathan was able to keep all of his publishing. You know, all of they did was royalties of sales and he kept his masters. He didn't have to give up any masters because, you know, a lot of artists are so quick to sign over their masters to a record label and the label didn't do anything for them or mm-hmm. put any money in it. Like they paid all the money for this recording and they just willingly turned their masters over to a record label without ever getting them back. And so that's why so many artists were uh, poor. <laughs> right, right, because, because, you know, the money is keeping the masters. Mm-hmm. So. Masters and uh, and then build your catalog, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. publishing. Right, so, what you know, what happened, you know, Bishop Morton ended up um, letting E1 pretty much take over, Jonathan. Yeah, uh, and, Bishop Paulus Morton. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, and so E1 ended up taking over the contract. They ended up calling me and saying, hey, you know, we want to you know, have a one-on-one with Jonathan, you know, it, it's just a meet and greet and, you know, nothing, nothing bad, you know, so, you know, you really don't have to fly in for this, you know, we just kind of want to talk to him, you know, and he went in and talked with him, the next thing I know, Jonathan was somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, so, did, let me ask you something, Brother Gary, so, when they told you that, did you get an uneasy feeling in your spirit? I did, uh-huh. it was very uneasy, it was very uneasy, and I, I didn't work about it because I know that any door that that closed God always opened a new door for me I remember that you all wished him well you know blessings mm-hmm. blessings to Jonathan and he just soared absolutely you know and I'm still behind him you know regardless of the direction you know sometimes you know God put you on a certain sometimes you know you're only a, a, a platform for an artist mm-hmm. you know and I, I don't mind being a platform that an artist can can stand up on and go and go further. I think the only bad taste in my mouth is when they move on and they never look back and say thank you. Mm. Oh, you yeah. Know. <laughs> and that 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 does happen, because uh, I've seen it happen on my end working in syndicated radio. And you know, we also help to uh, give exposure to a lot of artists. And there have only been like a few that ever have come to me and said, thank you. And one of them was uh, the late Keith Wonderboy Johnson. He told me, he said, Lynn, when I came into this business, I was just a green child. I didn't know nothing. (laughs) I didn't know how to do no interviews or nothing. And I'm so, you know, so grateful to you for you being very understanding and helpful at that time and helping me through some of that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. But I'm kind of, I'm really sad that we lost that good brother, but, oh, yeah. but yeah, that yeah, that, that was sad, but he was like one of those artists that learned to do some of everything for himself, including mm-hmm. getting his own label imprint, uh, his own. Right. Label. Yeah. Speaking of artists, you know, now you have this new thing called ready for gigs. And so uh, tell us yes. about that. How is that set up? How does it how does it move? How does it go? And how well, can people benefit from being a part of Ready for Gigs? Absolutely. You know, Ready for Gigs got started. You know, as you know, I ended up with cancer. Mm. And um, the doctor told me, he said, look, you got 
about five and a half weeks to live. Oh, no. And this came out of nowhere. And I actually fell, ended up getting hurt. I started having some back problems. And then Talisa was like, you need to go to a doctor. There's got to be something else. So I ended up going to the doctor, getting some muscle relaxers and all that. And then I went back and they did some x-rays and they called me on a Sunday morning. And they was like, "Get to you need to get to the hospital like now. And I went to the hospital after test and test and test. They came back and said, hey, you know, uh, you have cancer mm. and your, your T7 collapsed. We don't even know how you walked in here. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the emergency room and... I never came back out. I ended up in the hospital, ended up staying there for, for, you know, the next couple of months. And what ended up happening, the doctor was like, well, you know, I'll give you about five and a half weeks. So I was like, well, how bad is it? You know, it, you know, just be honest with me. And so he said five and a half weeks, but we're going to fight this aggressively. Whenever you're faced with five and a half weeks to live, you get to thinking, what have I done? You know, I, all these years I've been working, I've been, you know, faithful, helping people, right? <laughs> doing the work, praise the Lord. Doing the work, you know, helping people. I mean, artists that I've helped, I've never asked for one cent. I just genuinely help them. And I'm like, what do I have that the world would say, wow, he left this gift for us. And now that he's gone, he will always live on because this is something that he planted that would be with us forever. And I didn't have, I couldn't, I didn't have nothing. I couldn't think of anything other than the people that I've helped. When I started going through chemo and I came out of that, the first thing came to my mind is that I need to plant a seed that this industry can say, wow, when he was living, he left something here with us that changed how things work or it made it better. And I remember a long time ago, me and Talisa had started a website before internet was popular it was like back in 2000 we started a website called writeandplaymysong.com that was all about writers and musicians and the problem was is that musicians and writers and people in gospel didn't have a computer and they and we didn't have cell phones like we have now to where they could jump on and and be a part of it so it was way before his time, but this time I was like, I need to do something that was bigger than that. Because since I had a degree in dealing with computers and all, I was able to kind of go in and write how I wanted the site to be. And so I started putting it all together because Ready for Gigs is is a company where artists, it's for, it's for R&B, gospel, jazz, every genre of music. Uh, it's for actors and actresses and people that do dance anything in the arts and i remember growing up and being a part of a a family group and we actually depended on a local group in another state in in order to do a concert there oh so they would could they would connect you and right okay connections yeah so uh, we would actually like if we was on the same program, we would exchange our business cards and then we would call the Supreme Angels, whoever they are, and say, hey, you know, you have to let us come and sing for your anniversary mm-hmm. and we'll bring you to our city for ours. And but then we actually had to be at an event in order to exchange them numbers. Now with Ready for Gigs, you can type in the city you want to be in, the, the, the name of the artist in that city, and they'll pop up and you can actually network on the site 
and acts an artist or a promoter to bring you in. Ready for Gigs has over 500 booking agencies that you can reach out to that can book you on uh, different events uh, as far as your R&B, secular, jazz, or gospel. We also have over 500 festivals that are getting ready to come up to where you can submit your material in advance to be a part of a lot of the festivals and fairs that goes on around the country. So it's going to be a wealth of information. I remember we had an industry book at one time where you can kind of go in and try to find what's going on. But now you have all that on one website to where you can kind of go in and find the festivals, find the uh, booking agencies. Uh, so you, like, you, can, you can find gigs, right? Possible gigs and connect yeah, with people gigs. that can lead you to gigs. You can find management, promoters. Right, management, promoters. I'm actually working with uh, some promoters to try to have them to use Ready for Gigs to actually start setting up events that they're doing. Because a lot of times you have smaller promoters in different cities that be trying to put events together, more so than your large promoters that are only looking for major groups. So I think it's going to be a platform for not just your, your big artists, but it's really designed for artists that are trying to uh, find events indie artists especially yeah, like looking indie, indie artists especially right okay so with ready for gigs how does one find that and and be able to join ready for gigs well uh, if they go to the site readyforgigs.com all they got to do is put in their email their picture uh what they do and and that's all they got to do to register is for, that's it's easy. free that is yeah, easy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. And, and thank you because you put me on there with the podcast. We appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, hey, you're going to be the podcast starship on them pages. Oh, well, praise the Lord for that. Hey, man, <laughs> and two snaps up, as we used to say back in the day and all of that. But, uh, but, but uh, Gary, before we go, tell us how people can reach you. Or would you rather just them to go to Ready for Gigs? Or do you want them to reach out to you if they have something specific for you on social media? How would you like them to connect with you? Hey, they can connect with me on social media at Garrison LLC. It's, the page is Garrison Innovation LLC. It's, a, it's on uh, Facebook. Uh, they can also reach out to me at Garrison Stinson on Facebook, or they can call me at 404-919-1429. And that's the office line, folks. That's the office line, right. <laughs> oh, well, you know what, bro Brother Gary Stinson and folks, Gary, he spells it G-E-R-R-Y. Stinson, S-T-I-N-S-O-N for Stinson. So you can you can reach out to Brother. He will hook you up with Ready for Gigs, you independent artists, promoters, label folks looking for some details about artists and whatnot. You can go there at readyforgigs.com and find that information. So thank you so much dear brother for hanging out with You're me today welcome. and i uh, i certainly do appreciate you and it's always good to chat with you because you're always a wealth of information and just thank a good you. and just a good guy thank you so much <laughs> i try to be <laughs> And audience, I want to thank you for joining us today as usual. Now, don't forget to subscribe so that you never 
ever miss an episode of this uplifting and inspiring show, so go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Believe me, you will not be sorry, and your soul will be happy. Now, if you'd like to reach me, Lynn Woods, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Lynn Woods, L-I-N-W-O-O-D-S, or Instagram at LynnWoods96, or Facebook or LinkedIn at just Lynn, L-I-N, last name Woods, W-O-O-D-S. This has been the Lynn Woods Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. I'm Lynn Woods. God bless.